Um, what we're looking at here is a, a pile of uh, about, well, it's uh, almost 4,000 uh, two-inch plates of uh, metal that I will assemble with tiny little rings, um, almost like a curtain, uh, to make another kimono. It's, it's, these are my little test, these are my little test pieces, so it's, it's going to look like this. And this kimono was based on a kimono that was given to you? Yes, I'm wearing it in uh, this photo. Uh, my grandmother, Miyako Ando, made for me. It's really, you know, when you turn 20, you get a kimono. Oh, oh, oh well, it, it's traditional. Um, so my grandmother, who sewed, um, made this kimono. And it's so pretty with the long, long, long sleeves. Um, so the kimono is based on that really feminine form. And I'm just very interested in clothing which sort of delineates your status or your um, role. It's just interesting that um, in, in particular cultures, there are these delineators. And so I was quite inspired by armor. I'm very inspired by armor because it's yet another sort of... Uh, well, it's, it's, there is identity in wearing armor. There's identity in, 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 in our attire. And I, I became very interested in that. And I am also uh, just quite interested in the history of Japanese armor. And so I thought, well, this will be very interesting to recreate this form and leave it unchanged. I, I actually took the kimono <laughs> and I made a pattern directly from the kimono um, in this fabric here, in tulle and um, made the stainless steel kimono on the exact dimensions. I just wanted to keep the form exactly true. So I, I do like to sort of pay homage to the truth in that form or material. I took stainless steel squares and I hand soldered each one of them uh, with sterling silver jump rings. And I did that, I made that material choice because stainless is, is so, it's so contemporary, it's very modern, it's, it's not steel, it's, it doesn't rust, and the sterling silver, I wanted it to feel sort of opulent, like jewelry in some, some sense, and um, so I went on a nine-month journey with this thing, and just soldering, soldering. It sounds like such a good idea. It's, it looked easy on paper when I drew it out. It's so interesting to take something that's so feminine and fluid and moving and create something that has, it's got a presence to it. It looks like when it's hung in a room, it almost feels like another character in that space. It does have presence. And... Um, but recreated in this material of metal, it just, it has so much sort of um, presence. It really does, it's got this material presence. While at the same time, you know, it moves and it's drapey and it sort of makes this little sound that um, it, 
it almost sounds like a bell in a strange way. I remember working on it thinking that um, it has sort of like a chime to it when it moves. So um, it is a, it's sort of a, it's taking two really disparate ideas and forms and sort of putting them together. Um, and I'm very interested in these hybrids of things and these these harmonies that can occur uh, when you take hard and soft or um, you know loud and quiet all of these things so that's uh, something I'm very interested in and I'm from a tradition my family made swords the Ando family are made swords in in Japan and I'm from a tradition of people who crafted objects very intense objects and the belief is that you have to really there's a reason why they wear all white clothing and have a a self-purification before working on these objects because they believe that your kokoro your spirit your your intention your being is transferred onto this object of, of material memory. I don't make swords. I make artworks, but I make works with the intention and concentration while I am in the practice and process with this in mind. It's interesting hearing you say this, Mia, and knowing that your family is both Buddhist priests and sword makers. Yes. Yes. But the interesting thing is that those who utilized swords, the culture of samurai culture, those who made swords, they're also quite religious beings. You have also on swords themselves, in the handles, images of deities inscribed, carved, engraved, prayers written in them. Bonji, which is Buddhist Sanskrit, the names of the deities on these objects. So it isn't nothing, you know, things are not as just, there is not just simple, simply violent, simply peaceful. There is you, if you were here in the, uh, this afternoon, you will see fire, you will see a very loud, so you can't be in here, this room, without ear protection, eye protection, and, and flame retardant clothing. <laughs> you know, it's very, and that is not, that is not, a, that is not an, uh, um, an exaggeration. It's, you know, there are things of a multifaceted or multidimensional level. You know, under the surface of things there are disparate harmonies. Um, my kids are going to want me to ask you about <laughs> learning how to make work with metal. So what was that like when you went to apprentice yourself to a sword maker? There were a lot of tears involved <laughs> because it was very it was very challenging. That was you know the women and metal don't really go together in Japan, uh, you, you know, to be an apprentice as a woman. And, and I'm white. I'm half Japanese, but I, you know. In Japan, you're considered is, white. Of course. I am considered other for sure, 100%. Which I, I accept. Growing, it's a homogenous culture. It's, it's, 
you know, it, it's a, it's just a, it's a fact of life. And being, I, I felt very, very, and I still do today, I feel so fortunate to even have had that opportunity um, to be exposed to this world. And I learned things that are so, they're like treasures and they're inside of my chest. And they're, they're, they're just, they're the most precious things that build the foundation. They're my root that I always go back to. And it is about respect. It's respect. It's respecting the material. It is respecting the tradition. It's respecting yourself. It's, it's this idea that respecting and holding true to your own truth and to your own expression and executing that to the best of your ability. How did you convince the person that you apprenticed to to take you on? Oh, <laughs> that was... So, when... I mean, I'm going to show you my, my ring because I told my grandmother, Miyako, my grandma, I remember, I told her that um, I wanted to work with metal. And I was, I was very, very serious about it. And I wanted more than anything to work with metal. And, and I wanted to become an apprentice, which is such a, which is, you know, women, white women don't become apprentices in Japan. So she took off her, she, she has one ring. She took off her ring. This is her wedding ring. And, um, and she gave it to me. She said, oh, I only have this one piece of metal. Your grandfather gave it to me. <laughs> and she gave it to me. And she said, because I liked, she had a, she had this little sapphire that she liked, she was wearing um, she wore after that, which was like her wedding ring. So she gave me the ring and she said, you know, I think that you should be able to do that if that's really... You know, she's very open-minded. For someone who is in herself, very open-minded. She said, well, you know, let me talk to your grandfather about that. And my grandfather, who's the head priest of our Buddhist temple, um, was this very tall, he's very tall for a Japanese man. And my grandma was was less than five feet tall, she was four something. And they had this kind of relationship where he would fix the back of her hair, he would do her hair for her because he could see it was really, it would just, I know, it's my grandparents are just, that's sort of living with them was, you know, I mean, of course they're, it's, anyway. So she, she said, let me talk to your grandfather. And the next thing that I knew was that he had spoken with a metalsmith whose family had been a patron of the temple for generations. And he said, oh, our littlest girl wants to, has this idea, she just wants to sit in the shop and watch. And she will not talk and, and she'll be very good. And he was, my grandfather was very stern, serious, he had, was a monk since he was 13 years old. So, and he was, yeah, you know, don't talk. <laughs> don't. And he was, gave, you know, gave me the eyes. And I was like, no, 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 I won't. I, won't, I, I will be so good, you know. So that's how it's, and the, the, the metalsmith's family could not really say no. They sort of 
begrudgingly, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, let me go and, and hang out there and sit there and watch. And, and then they, they finally, after some time, they actually gave me a task to do. And a task to do um, was to make wire. It's like 18 gauge wires, a thin wire out of a basically a nugget of silver. And they came, I just remember, he, so, someone came over to me and put this, like a rock, into my hand and said, um, make 18 gauge wire by the morning and just left. And then this is where the tears came in. This is where the tears came in. Because after they left, I, I, so I started working on it. And, think, and, and I just looked at this, you know, it looks like something that comes out of the river, you know, like a nugget in a rock. But, you know, as I got my bearings, I knew how to do that. I knew how to do that. I, I, so you, you heat it up and you hammer it into sort of a, a, a square form and you, you sand one of the edges down and you, you heat it and you roll it. So you roll the thing and roll it and roll it and roll it till it gets thin, 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 thin. And you take a saw and you, you, you saw down tiny strips of that. Okay. Then you sort of get the edge of the strip into a, a, a point. And then you do this, which I, have, I need to get my tool. If you're little like I am, I'm not very strong. Um, you put this. This is a, um, a wire gauge guide. So you you know you start with it being this big, and you you, you make a point in the the material. I stood on a stairs like this with it between my feet, and then I just you heat up the the wire, and then you take a pair of pliers, and you just pull <laughs> with everything that you have, and to, and then you sh you. You pull it, uh, you know, 20 times until it's thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. And, thinner. and then you've got wire. <laughs> so this was a test. This was a test. And so I, I didn't go to sleep and I worked all night and I was just so, you know, I, I just really wanted to do, I, I thought, okay, you can do this. And they, I thought they, I think they thought I was going to go home and not come back. I think they were trying to get rid of me. <laughs> But in the morning, I had took my wire and I wrapped it all up and I made a little coil and I put it in a piece of paper and I gave it to, um, and they said, okay, you know, like they looked at me a little bit differently and, and, um, and that was that, that really, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how I started and, you know, and that was a, that was a journey. I also this these works here because I'm I'm half Russian American, and you know the first time I picked up I learned how to weld was from my dad. He refinished cars. He he knew how to weld. He welded as a hobby. He he, you know I I was really as a little girl too. You know as and I would go back and forth from Santa Cruz to Japan and I would sit there watching my daddy fixing welding, bracing, and he would give me a lenses to wear on my face. And I just remember thinking that it just looks like holding sparklers. It's like in Japan, you know, hanabi. During the summer, we, all of us kids would, would have sparklers all summer long. 
And I remember distinctly thinking, it's, it's just like sparklers. It, that's what it looked like to me. <laughs> sparklers and fireflies. You know, I'm, I'm still doing the same exact thing. The, the Japanese heritage, is, because I lived in Japan, is, is very dear to me. It's very close to me. And it's my mother, and it's my mother language. But, you know, it's, it's, I, I can't overlook the fact that I am an American, and, the, and, and, and our identities are associated with these amazing automobiles that we made. And that, that is, it, to me, that is really something of, of, of pride and of wonder and of, of there's, it's very interesting to me. Um, so I'd like to sort of try to see if I can uh, marry that a little bit. So I've been paying very much attention to that these days. <laughs>